Hello, welcome to He's Hot, but something's off with me, Just Joey T. I had a very pleasant uh, time setting up uh, for the podcast tonight because I got and stubbed my, not my toe, but um, I was walking to the coffee table in my living room to get something, and it's got four really thin metal legs on each corner, and I spilled a glass of water, and I was cleaning it up, so I was like rushing, and I... Stub, not stub, but I ram the one leg of the table between my big toe and the toe next to it. So this thin metal rod basically got jammed between, I don't even know what you call that gap, that gap between your big toe and the toe next to it with a lot of force. But so I was like rushing, the water was everywhere, I was spilling onto the rug and everything. That hurt. I think stubbing your toe might hurt more. Stubbing your little toe always hurts a lot. But like, yeah, that was, uh, I was limping for about an hour. I usually eat dinner at the coffee table. I have a giant dining table. You can sit like eight people in it. Um, but I, I used to eat on the dining table, but I'm very used to watching TV when I'm eating. So, um, David Lamb, when he comes over, um, we'll both eat at the uh, coffee table. We rarely eat at the dining table. And he started sitting on the floor, not on the couch to eat, because it's like a more comfortable height, but the coffee table is very low. So I now do that. I will have my food on like the coffee table in front of the massive TV, and I will sit on the floor, legs like under the coffee table, and then I'll eat. It's very, very comfortable. So thanks, David Lamb, uh, for that tip. Um, one thing I saw today at the gym that I found very interesting is there was a dog at the gym. Someone had a dog, like a little dog, a poodle or something, in a stroller for, I don't know, do they make strollers for dogs? But it was like this little stroller, and the dog was in it, and I was on this machine, on this bicep machine. Um, and right in front of me, like on the other side of it was like a bunch of equipment. So I was like on this machine. And then out of nowhere, this stroller comes by. This woman is pushing it. It's got this like white poodle uh, in it. And she like goes up to like a piece of equipment. She's like with her friend and they're both working out. And I'm like, I don't know whether to like, uh, I didn't really know what to think of the situation. I probably seen more weird things at the gym but it was like one part of me was thinking do you really need your dog with you to go to the gym maybe it's a service animal i guess but service animals they always have like a very obvious um fest or thing they wear that says in giant letters like service animal don't pet uh, or at least in the airport the, the animals that work at the airport like sniffing drugs or guns or whatever they're always they they're always like labeled, but this dog didn't have any obvious service dog markings on it. So maybe it was a emotional support. I mean, there are so many. Every dog is an emotional support dog or animal these days, right? Because we kept on hearing, at least during the pandemic, about all these uh, emotional support animals that people were bringing onto airplanes. Not just dogs, but like cats or birds or whatever i don't remember all of them and i think i just read there's some airline in the u.s that's clamping down on having emotional support animals in the cabin now i think 
they might have like just banned all of them. And it has to be like a proper certified service dog for that uh, animal to be, or a service animal for that animal to actually be in the cabin with a passenger. But yeah, it was like, I was like, yeah, I, I took a couple of photos. I was like, I don't know. It seems a little weird. I, I guess she needs the dog to be there. But like, honestly, the dog wasn't doing anything. The dogs were not helping her with her lap pull downs. Let's put it that way for sure. All right. I know I talked about a lot. Uh, I talked a lot about the gym last time, so I'm not gonna like go into the gym or anything. I, I'm gonna. I'm spreading out my gym stories and my uh, opinions uh, and thoughts on the gym. So I'll save more of that uh, for next time. Um, there is someone from my gym that just messaged me on Grinder, actually. And it's like a little bit awkward sometimes when someone you see all the time, maybe you don't talk to me, you don't know them, but like if you go to the gym or like a coffee shop or wherever often enough and you keep on seeing the same people, right? You, you get like no of them. It's like, oh yeah, that person goes to my gym or that person goes to my coffee shop or whatever. So this person just messaged me on Grindr. And for me, Grindr, like, let's just break this down. For me, Grinder, I am not mainly using it to hook up. To be really, really honest, I'm like window shopping on Grinder, not messaging anyone, like literally just for fun. I just like to see where are all the thirsty gays that are within like uh, 5,000 feet or a mile of me or whatever. So I have it. I don't message people a lot because I'm not usually like looking to hook up. Um, I just have it like I'm, I'm probably on Grindr every single day, but I'm not messaging people 99% of the time. So people might message me and usually I don't respond. If it's like a random person, I don't know who that person is because I know a lot of people do use Grindr to hook up. They're messaging someone because, you know, they want to hook up with them. So usually I don't respond. And once in a while, you get someone that gets mad at you on Grinder for not responding. It's like the one percent of the time. But I've been gay long enough, and I've used Grinder and tech and stuff these apps for long enough to know that. Here's a tip: if if someone doesn't re reply to you on Grinder, like don't keep messaging them. Like you message them once, if they don't reply, just move on. Uh, it's what I do. Like, there's, there's no sense in saying hi to the same person. Like, maybe, like, a second time. I've had times where, um, especially when I'm traveling and, like, out of town, um, and I'll see who's on wherever I'm traveling, and I'll message someone, and then maybe they don't reply, so, like, I don't try to message them again right away. But maybe um, a year later, or, like, I've gone a different phone or whatever, um, and I travel back to that place and I had no recollection of messaging this person before. Maybe like their photo has changed. It's been so long ago. I was just in town for like a few days, whatever. Then that's where maybe I might message someone multiple times. But I'm not going to like message the same person multiple times, like within a week or whatever. Someone that I know I've messaged before, I'm not going to like probably message them again. So that's one thing sometimes I don't get. If someone doesn't message you back on Grinder, just like block them if you want. I feel like a block is not a slap in the face on Grinder because it just kind of cleans up your grid a little bit. 
because you message someone, they're not messaging back. Sometimes you get the receipts and sometimes someone just leave you on red. Whatever, like don't take it. It's grinder. It's not serious. It's just, it's literally just grinder. It's, you know, it's not the end of the world. Someone that doesn't message you back. But blocking is not like a slap in the face. So go way to clean up your grid. If you know someone is not going to reply back to you, leave you on red. Just block them. Get them off your grid. You get to serve a, you know, you free up your grid for other guys that you might have a chance with or you might be able to connect with instead of someone who you message and don't reply back, right? This person from my gym. Okay. So because this is someone at my gym that I see all the time, um, I, like, replied back. He's got, like, uh, he like like 80% of guys on Grindr, he's got, like, the headless torso pick, which is completely fine. Like, I, I, I'm not, we'll get into pictures later, but, like, that's not a problem for me. But, like, he, like, he sent the photo and he said hi. So I clicked on the message and, like, I said that, and I saw his face. And it's like, okay, in my head I'm thinking, okay, you go to my gym. I recognize your face for sure. So... I because he goes to my gym, that's why I said hi. And like, you know, it was fine. He just said, like, oh, what are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. And then he asked, oh, are you like, are you looking? And I said, sorry, I'm not. Um, and if, if I message someone and they reply back, but they're not looking for whatever reason, I don't expect everyone to be looking all the time because I'm not looking all the time. So if I message someone, even if I am looking and I ask, are you looking? And they say they're not, I'd be like, whatever, cool, like, I don't, like, I'll move on, like, it's whatevs, you know, this person, though, like, he asked me, are you looking, and I said, well, he asked me what I was doing, and I said, like, oh, I'm just working on some stuff at home, and then he uh, asked, um, are you, like, looking by any chance, and I said, sorry, I'm not, and then I thought that was, like, it, right, but he, he replied, and I'm gonna read to you his reply, so he replied, um, I said, sorry, not going. He said, LOL, of course you're not. Not sure why I even messaged. Trying to be nice, I guess. But like, what's the point of seeing all that stuff? Like, if someone tell, someone's telling you they're not looking, just be like, just, just take it and leave. It's not a problem. Like, it's not anything against you. Like, I'm literally not looking. If I was saying no for other reasons, like because of your looks, then honestly, I just wouldn't have replied at all. Like if someone sends me a message and it sends me photos of themselves and like, I'm not, I, I don't find that person attractive. I'm not sexually attracted to them. I just won't reply. Like that, that, that's just me. And like, I feel like that's what I get from other people when I message them. If they're not feeling for whatever reason, looks are subjective. Like, you know, I don't expect everyone to find me hot and I don't, expect everyone to be sexually attracted to me just because I messaged them. Like, it's a, it's a two-way street. So I find it weird that this person has this response. LOL, of course you're not. Not sure why I even messaged. Trying to be nice, I guess. So for me, that's like, well, I said hi to you. I don't know. Maybe I'll message him back later, but after the podcast. Like, I messaged them because I wouldn't want to be awkward. But there's one other person from my gym that... It also, just like someone I see at gym all the time, like I've never talked to that person. I don't know each other again. When I go to the gym, I don't socialize. I, don't, I see people all the time that are regulars, but I don't know them and I never talk to them. It's one other person that's messaged me on Grindr before and like I, I, I'm not like attracted to him in that way. So uh, he's got like a faceless profile. So he sent the photo. I clicked on the message to, to see who it is. 
And I just like never reply because again, like if I, I'm not feeling it, like I just usually just do that. I don't think it's awkward between me and him at the gym because again, I don't talk to him in the gym. Earbuds in, I'm just working out. Like I, I literally don't talk to anyone, but like maybe it's in my head. I swear sometimes he gives me slightly weird looks. I don't know if he's just like awkward or like he's looking at me because like he messaged me and like, I left him on red technically, and like I just pretend like nothing's happened. Honestly, I, I I wouldn't mind completely serious. Like I wouldn't mind actually like being friends with some of the people like at the gym, even if it's just like the only time we socialize is at the gym. I'm not like against that. So that's kind of sort of why like okay, this is a regular I see at the gym. He's mentioned me on Grinder. I'm not just I'm like assuming he's just looking at me like a piece of meat and just wants to hook up. So, you know, it was, like, very, like, nice, polite conversation up until he replies with all of that. So I guess I learned my lesson. Just not don't, – don't talk to anyone at the gym on Grindr because you get – and I'm like, this guy. Honestly, like, when you say stuff like that, even if that person might be interested in you, when you say stuff like, oh, not sure why I even bother, like, of course you're not interested, blah, blah, blah. It's like, that leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Like, it, it – if you're going to message someone on Grindr, like, and they're saying, you're asking them, are you looking? And they politely say, sorry, I'm not. Just, just take it and move on. Like, they're not, it's, it's not, a, it's nothing personal. Like, nothing on Grindr is personal. Unless someone's literally, like, making fun of you or attacking you or whatever or saying something rude. Like, Grindr's just Grindr, guys. Chillax. So, yeah. Uh, so, I am on Grindr. I'm not looking most of the time. Yeah, I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but, like, when I'm at home, like, I, I, I'd much rather be doing anything else but, like, just hooking up with random guys. Like, um, I'm working on this podcast. I've got the side hustles going. Even I'm jobless. I don't have a day job right now. And I have enough activities and hobbies and other things to do to, like, fill my day to the point where, like, I don't feel like I need to, you know, like, hook up all the time. Like, there are people that hook up all the time. Like, that's great. You know, just me personally, I'm not usually looking to hook up. Some guys, I guess, just can't see that. Not every gay guy in West Hollywood is looking to hook up all the time, like, all day, every day. Yeah, but anyways, um, this reminds me of a story um, of... Well, this is a long time ago. This is story time with Joey. This is a story that I don't think many people know about. And... It's kind of hilarious. So I was in Singapore on a work trip. This is many years ago. I was on a work trip in Singapore, and um, I was bored, and I was horny, and I was looking. So I was on Grindr, like one of the apps, whatever it is. And there was this guy, um, this profile. Um, we started messaging, and the best thing I could describe is he looks a little itsy bit like Prince, the profile photo is someone that semi kind of sort of resembles Prince Harry. Um, so blah, blah, blah. We decided to like meet up. Um, he said, oh, there's like this like hostel um, that he knows someone that works there. He can like get a room. I, I know this is all really sketchy and risky for people who are not used to hooking up, but just bear with me for the story. I took a Uber um, instead of the train for whatever reason, I guess it was a night, took an Uber to the address. And as the car like pulled up to the address, there was like someone like standing on the curb, kind of sort of like waiting for someone to arrive. 
And I was in the backseat of the car on the curbside. And the car had like was slowing down, pulled past this person standing on the curb, and then stopped maybe like 10 or 15 feet past that person. And I was like, oh, that's curious. Someone that's someone just like standing there like that, like looking at the car. So I got out of the car and like he comes up to me and it's like, are you Joey? And then this person does not look like the photos. This is the key part. The person did not look like the photo. So this is like a catfish type of a situation, I guess, uh, or whatever the technical term is. So like I was a little bit like, oh, you know, and, but trying to be like really polite and kind of kind of trying to whatever. It was awkward for me. And I was like, I don't know what to do. I was getting nervous. And then he's like, oh, yeah, blah, 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 blah. He's like, oh, um, so like this is like the, the hostel place right here. Um, he's like, do you want to like, do you want to do it? I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm like, okay. But I was like, it was awkward to like, just reject someone right in front of their face. Like, you know, and I was still like a little bit in shock and I was like, didn't know exactly what I was going to do. Except I know I wasn't going to sleep with them. Uh, he's like, okay, let's go in. Uh, he's like, okay. Uh, oh, uh, um, let me go in and like, I'll find my friend and then like, I'll, I'll go get a, get a room and then I, I'll come back outside. Um, which like, which was like lucky that he was going to like leave me alone for like a little bit and he was going to go inside. So he goes in and then after he was inside, I think like five or 10 seconds later, I just like bolted and ran at like, like just away. Just, I don't know where I was going any random direction. It was like away. And I was like, I was like literally standing there. The adrenaline was running. I was just like this fight or flight type state and then it was like, it was probably like five or ten seconds after he went into the building that i literally just like ran so like i ran for probably like like sprinted running fast i don't know for maybe like 30 40 seconds like to get like a couple blocks away um and then i remember like okay i need directions this is this this isn't like I just Google mapped, like, where's the nearest, like, a subway station? I took the subway back, I remember. So, because I didn't, like, wait around for, like, a car to come in case, like, he, like, found me in the area. So I was like, okay, you need to keep moving, get to the nearest subway station, just get on the subway so it can start taking you, like, away from this place in, in a way that you're, like, off the streets. As I was, I was, I was nearing the subway station, I just, like, mentioned him. It's like, something like, oh, like, sorry, like, I don't think this is going to work whatever and then he's like oh okay um so that was like the one time where i went for a grinder hookup and the photo does not match the person uh, i've never i yeah i've never had any other hookups that was like that messed up ever but again i don't hook up that much on grinder and things like that so it's I used to do it more when I was younger, but yeah, that, that one time in Singapore, um, yeah, it was, it, 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 it was kind of crazy. It was kind of crazy. I got back to my hotel and then I think I was like, you know what? I've had a long night. I'm going to order some room service. Um, that's what I do. Uh, if I'm like a hotel that has room service and I've had like a long day for whatever reason, like for me, room service is like a treat room service is very expensive and there's like a service fee and you have to tip and everything um but for me like room service was like very very warranted that night 
Yeah, that was kind of crazy. All right, next I want to talk about the gay cruises because I know a lot of you are watching from my YouTube channel and my YouTube channel is filled with lots of videos about gay cruises, especially the Atlantis gay cruises that sail around pretty much all year long. So I am booked on the Atlantis Mediterranean cruise. It departs from uh, Rome and Italy as a 10-night cruise, which is pretty long. You see cruises are seven nights on average. You can get shorter cruises that are like three or four nights, um, not the gay ones, usually like the straight ones. Um, a week is like pretty average, but anything longer that's like 10 days or even like a two-week one, 10-day one, I think it's probably like, as much as most people will want to be on a cruise ship for. Um, even seven days is fine. For these gay cruises, that's more like a party cruise. Seven days sometimes feels like a little bit too short uh, because everyone's like having a really good time. I think 10 days for like a gay party cruise is like the max that you can really do before feeling like you're stuck on the ship forever and you get kind of sort of like, uh, oh, what's that word? Um, stir crazy and you just want to like get off the ship right uh, but a Mediterranean cruise is really nice and it's pretty unique because obviously for one it's in Europe and it goes to like a bunch of different ports um, I don't remember most of the ports because I'm not a sightseeing person the one other time I went on this Mediterranean cruise it went to like a bunch of like big name cities in Europe I, I also don't remember what they are but it's my memory shit but I was like, okay, I've not been to these places before, and I had some friends that were going to go sightseeing, uh, like the regular touristy places, for all these different ports. So I kind of tag along with them. But I, it was like, yeah, I can say like, oh, I went to like this place, I went to that place or whatever. But honestly, those places just seems like, it, when you go there, you're just surrounded by tourists. That's it. And like, there was this like, famous I, I really can't remember what city this was, this was maybe it was like Rome or whatever but there was like this famous place in the city that's like this big huge water fountain and like we went there and literally like every single person there was just trying to take selfies and photos and they're all tourists I was like I mean the natural beauty or whatever of the place is kind of semi-destroyed by just having like 500 tourists there just taking photos with their selfie sticks and everything. I just read this article on Vox um, that kind of sort of talks about this where with the internet and everything, people will blog or share like, oh, these are like the top 10 tourist places in like this city and that city. And here's like the list of things you must do to have like a perfect day, you know, if you visit this location. So people look up these things and research, you know, the places they're going to go on vacation and they all end up doing all the same things. So, like, whenever you go to any of these places or try to do all these things, you're, you're just surrounded by tourists, like, tons and tons of them. So, yeah, I'm not really, like, a sightseeing person anyway. So, I can just go on the internet and someone with uh, much better skills than me will have taken much better photos and videos of whatever that place is. Like, I don't get any satisfaction taking a selfie of me being at, like, the Eiffel Tower or, like, whatever um that's not really like worth it to me i much rather have instead of like saying i visited this famous place i much rather say oh i had a great time with friends um on a trip um and it doesn't matter if it was like you know like nowhere famous or whatever like 
for me, just going to like some famous place like that just doesn't do anything for me. So this time when I go on this Mediterranean cruise, uh, it's later in August. Um, I'm not going to get up at any of the ports. Just like I usually get up at most of the ports anyways. Usually we go to the uh, cruises that sail off from Florida uh, down to the Caribbean. And you go to like Mexico or some places like Mazalan, Cozumel, whatever. And, you know, they're not like, they're great for the Caribbean, you know, but it's not like going to Rome or going to like Ibiza, which is one of the stops. Um, or like going to like Sicily or these like, you know, famous uh, cities and towns and stuff in Europe. But yeah, I'm just not going to get off. I'm just going to stay on the ship. And one of my friends would bug me like, oh, like, why are you going on this cruise? If you're not going to get off the port site, so that's just not me. If you want to go on a cruise, like go on a cruise. I'm not going to judge you for like the choices you make on a, on, on a cruise. People uh, ask me, oh, like what are things that you can do on a cruise? And then um, people ask about the ports and stuff. My advice for um, at least the gay cruises that I'm familiar with the beauty of a cruise is that there's so many things you can do on the ship and off the ship, you know, wherever the ship is going to dock on the itinerary. You can really make it like your own trip. There are people that will get up early for like breakfast and they'll like watch the sunrise and, you know, they'll uh, sunbathe by the pool. And then, you know, like they'll go see the shows at night and then, you know, they don't they're not going to stay out late and they just, you know, they'll go to the casino maybe like. You can do anything. There's there's so many activities and amenities on the ship that you can have people that are like party people. They party till like 5 or 6 or 7 a.m. They go to bed. They sleep for eight hours. When they wake up, it's 4 p.m. They get up, they party, and then they rinse and repeat. So that's one way to do a cruise if there are those types of parties available on the Atlantis ones there are. And like I said, there are other people like they might get up at 6 a.m., take a morning yoga class, eat a breakfast, watch the sunrise, and, like, you know, they'll have, like, that type of a day. You can also switch it up. You can party one day and, like, have a relaxing day the next, right? So there's all these different things that you can do uh, because there's so much stuff on a cruise ship. Honestly, these ships are, like, massive. They're literally, like, many floating cities. There's a spa. There's all these different types of restaurants. They've got, like, um, uh, basketball courts and stuff. They've got a gym. They've got, like, rock climbing. They've got activities. Like, there's, like so much different type of stuff that you can do on the ship uh, but I tell people also don't like tire yourself of trying to do everything because I see that with new cruisers all the time they tire themselves so much so that's like my one piece of advice that I always give it's like don't try to do everything you get this newsletter that um, is slipped under your table or it's electronic nowadays but after COVID and it would tell you basically all the different things that's going on on the ship for that day and it's like a four-page PDF, and it's like eight-point font when you get to like the third and fourth pages because there's like so much stuff to do. And sometimes people see that and they feel like, oh, if I don't try to do as much as possible, I'm going to be missing out. But that's really not the point of the having that much stuff on the cruise. The cruise ship has so much stuff going on so that people can pick and choose their own adventure and so that they can have a vacation that is like, customized or is catered to them the point is not for you to do like all 100 things that's available on the cruise that particular day it's for people to pick and choose what they would like to do so that it's there's something for everyone it's not for everyone to do everything so yeah but really looking forward to this cruise um i'm going again not because of the ports but i just like being on the gay cruises i've been on like 14 or 15 of them i think it's great 
especially for the logistics, um, especially when you go to like parties. When you go to a party on land, like there's like a nightclub or a circuit party or like a whatever in town, um, you have to take an Uber or like take the train or transit or whatever to get there. Once you get to the party, it's usually no in and out. Once you're in the party and you leave, like you're, you're not going back in. So a lot of the times, unless you're going to have tickets for multiple parties or you're going to go to the afters or whatever, you're pretty much in that place for like two or three or four or five hours. Most parties and clubs and stuff, well, at least the gay ones, they don't have food. Uh, they have alcohol. The water is like eight bucks or something. On a cruise ship, at least uh, the Atlantis ones, there are parties every night and there's some like tea dances during the afternoons on some days. But there's a party every night and there's no extra charge for those parties, right? And you can go to the party. You can come in and out the party like as many times as you want. You know, it's just like a venue you walk into. There's no like uh, security check every time you have to go in and out. There's no like checking tickets or anything. It's just like, it's just open. And if you want to like, if you forgot something in your state room, your state room is right there. Your state room is like a five minute walk away at most. One time I was living down in Silicon Valley, just like 10 or 12 years ago. And I was uh, going to, on like a Friday or Saturday night, I was going to drive up to San Francisco from Silicon Valley, which is like at night when it's like 9 or 10 p.m. It's, what is it, like 30, 30, 35 miles or something like that, or 50 miles. But it's basically like a 45-minute drive. And one time... I got all the way to San Francisco after driving for like 40, 45 minutes, got, parked my car, got to the club. And then when I was like trying to get my ID out, I realized I left my wallet at home and I didn't have my ID, not even like a photo of it on my phone. That particular night, I think I drove home, grabbed my wallet and they came back up. But that's like something that would never happen on a cruise ship. Because first of all, they don't need to check your ID for any of the parties. Like everything is on file electronically anyways. You're on the ship, you're already 18 plus or like 21 plus. And if you did forget something, anything, it's just in your room. You walk two or three or five minutes back to your room and grab whatever you need and you can come back. Number two, club, like toilets and restrooms in clubs and bars and stuff could get pretty nasty. But when you're on a cruise ship... Uh, first of all, like the public area restrooms are like actually really like neat and tidy. Second, you can just go back to your room and use your own bathroom and you got all your toiletries and everything in there. Like if you need to blow ass, if you got diarrhea in the middle of a party or something, you can just go back to your room and like effing let it rip. And like you've got, it's your private space, it's your private room, it's your private toilet and you've got all your supplies to deal with whatever your stomach emergency is. That's like another great thing about uh, partying on a cruise. And if you're hungry, there's always food available somewhere on the ship, even if it's like 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. Usually the buffet closes like 4 or 5 on a lot of these cruises. One of my favorite things to do is um, I will go to the buffet. I'll time it before it closes, but like I'll party, 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 and then I'll go to the buffet like 30 minutes before they close. Uh, but they don't close to like 4 a.m. or something crazy like that on these cruises. And I'll go and just like have a buffet and I'll just like stuff my face. And then I'll go to bed. I go back to my room, I'll take a shower and I'll go to bed. Um, but you can come and leave and grab as much food and eat and just go back like as much as you want. That's so that that's not like awesome part of it. Like compared to when you party on land, 
There's no food at these gay parties, um, or it's going to be super expensive. Once you're there, you're stuck there. You can't go home. You forget something. God forbid, it's going to be a long ride, you know, back home and to come back again. There's no lineup, so like have to get into the parties. Just walk into the parties. It's not like some of these clubs, you know, online where I have to like line up. You know what? It's really annoying when they make people line up outside the club to give the illusion to people outside that the club is busy and then things are happening. Sometimes it's so annoying. I think we've we've all been there before, right? There's like a short to moderate, that's like a moderate lining up. There's maybe like 20, 30 people outside. And like they could let people in more quickly, but they're doing it intentionally to make it look busy to other people, uh, to make it not look dead. Once you get inside, it's like, oh, where the hell is everyone? You go inside, it's like there's tons of space here and they're just like holding up line. That's so annoying. That doesn't happen on one of these cruises. So, yeah, and it's so easy to make friends on a cruise as well because um, I'm kind of an introvert. I don't make friends. Like, I, I, it's difficult for me to just randomly walk up to people and be like, oh, hey, I'm Joey, blah, blah, blah. I'm not like a people person. I'm not like an introvert that way with strangers. Networking events send my anxiety through the roof, uh, like mixers and things like that. Um, I try to go to them like once or twice before, like when I was like really young in my career. And there was like, oh, there was like in San Francisco, for example, they're like tech mixers for like people in tech, and you go and blah blah. blah. You're supposed to just like mingle and talk to strangers. No, uh, no, that that's not for me. I can't just randomly go into a room full of strangers and just expect it to like walk up to random people and just start talking to them and just make friends like that. That is not how I operate. That kind of environment and that kind of environment, I would just be like. I just end up not talking to anyone. But on like these gay cruises, the dynamic is a little different because everyone's really friendly. You know why though? Because everybody's on vacation, right? In regular everyday life, people are not on vacation. Even, you know, if at one of these like mixers or whatever, right? Uh, people are like in like a work mode or like they're running chores or errands or like they're always going somewhere. People are always doing something, always like in a hurry to get somewhere. Right. But when you go on one of these cruise ships, everyone is on that ship to be on vacations. So everyone becomes a lot more low key and laid back and therefore like more approachable. And then now you've got like these parties and then you've got uh, they have like social events and things like that as well. So in that type of a situation on these gay cruises, it's like one of the very few places I found where I can actually just like go talk to random strangers, people that I absolutely don't know and just say hi and just have like really pleasant, unforced, you know, small talk where like I don't feel anxious. You know, it doesn't mean that we're going to be like best friends, but like it's actually pretty easy to just like say hi to someone, make some small talk, you know, because the, the environment is very conducive to that. Everyone is in vacation mode. So everyone is like chilled out basically, not like, when you go to like one of these mixer things, industry mixers or whatever, you know, in real life, it just feels like everyone is very, oh, I don't know. It's just a very, very different environment. Yeah, so that's one of the reasons I really like going on these cruises. So already booked for this med cruise. If some of you go into that med cruise, um, yeah, I'll see you on board. Um, by the way, just in case, if you guys have any like cruise, gay cruise related questions, I do get like a spattering of them every so often via various channels, comment down below because, yeah, I'll be more than happy to maybe talk about, you know, uh, the gay cruises in more depth, give you guys some advice on this podcast as well. But until next time, make sure you subscribe to the podcast and make sure you uh, watch the video version of this podcast. I was going to fix my hair for this podcast, but I was like, oh, it looks 
non horrible and I the podcast is supposed to be like a lower effort thing where I don't have to doll myself up so much. So yeah, if you want to see what my hair looks like, then you can uh, <laughs> watch the video version of this podcast on my YouTube channel, Just Joey T and Spotify. But till next time, bye.